0: The Blake Street Banter, where one of us knows what the word banter means. The other two are just along for the ride. We are here with Tyler. Say what's up. What's up? Ready to talk some draft. And Henry Scraxy. What's going on, man?
1: Good. All right. Hello again.
0: (laughs) Hello, hello. Uh, You guys had a pretty exciting last weekend, I guess, for you two, because you are our prospects, our draft experts. And you both just dive into this pretty heavily... And craxy with the Twitter takeover I was given his uh, initial reactions. I got to ask you, man, that uh, Benny Montgomery pick in the moment, not too, not too, not too excited about. But then realizing what was going on and the two guys we wanted going a little bit later, especially the yeah. little Watson guy. Uh, how are you feeling now after about four or five days of processing about that Benny Montgomery pick?
1: All right. So what it first happened, like, I never thought Benny Montgomery was a bad prospect. I always thought he was all right. But I was thinking that Kumar Rocker and Khalil Watson were on the board and we passed them. And I was like, these are the two guys that I really wanted. Right. I outlined it in an article, I believe. And I was like, <laughs> we need to get this ace of the future. Like, even if if we keep Herman, right, we still need to get a number one, number two, number three, right? No guarantee of start this rotation is gonna stay good forever. Right. And then we go with a high ceiling guy, Benny Montgomery, but I was thinking just we needed just we needed some sort of ace in the system. But uh the moment we drafted Jaden Hill is the moment everything kind of switched out for me. I went from I'm glad I was like Montgomery's not bad, but I really would have wanted Rocker to this is a high upside play for Montgomery and even better that we have an ace in our system now with Jaden Hill.
0: I think that sums it up because I know me personally, I was on the Khalil train. I was on the rocker train, like being available. Like if he's available at eight, you have to take him because of everything you absolutely said, but right. it didn't happen. So I'm always curious. Like the Rockies have a history at the rocker. Was that part of why they didn't even try to draft him, try to negotiate with him? Like, nope, our history hasn't been good, so maybe not. Um, But then Montgomery, dude, is huge. 6'4", 220, is like 18 years old and has the physical tools to figure it out. So I'm sure he's a dude, but not getting (laughs) Rocker, Like the number one, number one, one, one guy for so long. That stung. That stung in the moment.
2: Yeah, I think really what happened was, I I know for me, I'm, I'm watching my TV and there's two names like, like Watson and rocker. I just was like, it's gotta be one of those two guys. And I think that that expectation is really what threw things for a a loop. And if you like my Twitter, my tweets following that pick are kind of a roller coaster. Like my first one is like, we got to start, start a riot in Denver. (laughs) This is is unacceptable. This will not stand. Um, but like the hour and the like the second hour after that, I'm like, okay, coming to terms with it. Like, I think what happened with Rocker is that he priced himself where the Rockies didn't want to pick him. Like, he signed for six million with the uh, with the Mets, which is a lot higher than the Rockies' slot pool is or their slot bonus for that eighth overall pick is. Um, and I think they're gonna get Montgomery for less than their pick slot. So I think that's really what went into that pick. But. Man, yeah, that was a, a an emotional roller coaster. On um, it was Sunday night, yeah, um, <laughs> but definitely feeling a lot better about it now, a couple days later.
0: And I would I would summarize the Rocks Nation that we're all thinking that now. All right, Benny, Benny's got it. We're we're settled in. The rest of the draft was pretty solid. Uh, let's roll with it, type thing. So tell us a little bit about Benny as the experts. What should we expect from Benny? How does he fit in? Where what do we see from him in the near future?
2: Well, I just gotta say, think about Benny Montgomery in center field and Zach Veen in right field. Like, if those two guys both hit their stride as pros, you're looking at arguably the best. Like, that could be in a, a really elite outfield tandem. Um, but Montgomery brings just like I think the way I've described him, like in the in the post that I um, had on him that he brings, like, a Mount Rushmore profile of tools. Like, this is one of the best, like, toolsy prospects in years. Like, he he runs it. His 60-yard dash was faster than, like, most of the top 10 speed guys in Major League Baseball already. So, like, this guy is, is going to be one of the 10, 15 fastest guys in the league. He has a crazy arm. Defense is, is good because of that speed. I mean, then he's 6'4", so the power potential is there. And I think that the hit tool is not terrible like I think a lot of people at first were like oh he can't hit but he's he's made consistent contact even against like high high level uh players so I think that there's a floor to work with with the hit tool too
1: honestly for me like it would be hypocritical for me to say that I hated Benny Montgomery after praising Elijah Green for like the past like couple months right they have the same profile in the way where they're both big, speedy guys, but have that pop to go along with it to make them a really interesting ceiling. Now, I've actually have a couple player comps for our top three prospects at state that we got in the draft, right? And I have possibly the biggest like difference between a like ceiling comp and a like decent to like bad floor kind of comp, I'd say. And to me. I think actually this is a comparison I've seen a lot. And the ceiling comp is someone like George Springer. So that's absolutely insane to have. Springer would say like he's that kind of leadoff guy. He's got some pop, right? I think he, other than Blackman, he was one of the top leaders in leadoff home runs actually with Springer. And I feel like Benny Montgomery with his speed and his fielding can pretty well be around the same impact at his highest ceiling. Floor wise is the biggest drop in quality where I'd say it's Lewis Brinson. Ugh. So you go from MVP type player to someone like who has it, who is a top prospect for sure, but hasn't figured out the contact at all. And that to for his problems, I'd say would be it's kind of realistic. And let's hope he doesn't get to Lewis Brinson levels, <laughs> but high speed, high exit velocities, but that kind of fits the profile there for Benny Montgomery
0: yeah.
2: yeah I think I think you nailed those especially the Brinson one and I think that's kind of scary to think about
0: <laughs> it's very scary like I've known about Brinson for a hot minute just from fantasy baseball and see if I'm gonna need him or use him been hyped for so long and has yet to just do his thing yet so let's hope for the ceiling there with that one yeah um I mean, and also like with what you guys are saying, I feel like the Rockies do a pretty good job of developing hitting. Look at Story, look at McMahon to an extent. Like we develop hitting pretty well. So hopefully that translates over to Benny where he can just be his athletic self everywhere else and then work on on that hitting piece as he grows.
2: Well, and I know I've talked to a few people and and just thinking about like hitting and like the, the idea of like projecting hitting. I think the biggest part of it just comes down to that hand-eye coordination like you can't really develop that very much and that's the part that Montgomery has like his swing is kind of it it looks really weird and it looks kind of raw but if you can just kind of make a couple adjustments and and you look at a lot of prospects like they're drafted at a high school even like Carlos Correa they were showing him on draft night like his swing when he was 18 and his swing when he made his debut so vastly different but he always had that coordination so I, I think there is a lot of hope for him but uh, we'll just have to see how things unfold.
0: Where where would you guys put Benny in the top thirty Rockies prospects list right now? If when he signs, if he signs, where would you put him?
2: I have him at at number two, just because of the ceiling. I think his floor kind of is like a is like mid tier in terms of the system, but his ceiling rivals Zach Veen, um, and just because of that, I have him at two.
1: Yeah, I would have this basically the same thing because I just have Zach Veens floor a little higher because I just like his swing so much, right? But Benny Montgomery is just right under that; he's not that far behind.
0: Two high school prospects was taken taken over. Oh, uh, I thought I found that heard something interesting was drafting high school prospects gives you more value for longer too, which is something the Rockies might need if we are going with this or. Like they see some things changing, so I kind of like the official number one high school pick thing they've been doing these last few years. Let's uh let's roll around to over to the second and third rounds where pitching was addressed. Our we got Jaden Hill from Louisiana State here, uh, Joe Rock from Ohio, which is just crazy to think that Ohio just produces. Anybody from baseball (laughs) and (laughs) McCabe Brown, Indiana, Big Ten dude. Let's uh, dive into Jaden Hill. Scracks, take this away. This is your baby. This is your boy. All right. So I actually wanted Jaden
1: Hill all the way back, like when I started covering this draft, right? And I was thinking, oh, the Rockies at their pick, their first round pick, they need to get Jaden Hill. They need to get this ace of the potential, ace of the future but there was always that risk that he was going to get taken by a team before us. Now, unfortunately he went through a bunch of injury issues. I believe he had Tommy John surgery and that just absolutely cratered his stock. And that makes him a very high risk, high reward guy. But once again, high reward, this guy was being pretty much like the main competition to Kumar rocker when he was number one, right. Even with Jack lighter, mm-hmm. like, I would say that in terms of, like, ceiling and floor, Jaden Hill, with his injury issues, has a much lower floor than Kumar Rocker, but I do think he has about the same or possibly even higher ceiling as Kumar Rocker, which is insane with his 65-grade fastball, 60-grade changeup, and 55 slider by MLB Pipeline. But I've seen websites that have, like, his slider at 70. So... There's quite – I don't know exactly how I would grade it myself, but there's a lot – but pretty much every site agrees that he has some truly nasty stuff, and his control isn't so terrible that it's like you can't rein it in at all. Jaden Hill has the ace stuff, and it's just all about can he stay healthy to utilize the most of it.
2: Yeah, I agree. And I I know for me, I'm kind of one of the few with – like on Rocky's Twitter that's taken a slightly – more pessimistic approach to it just because I don't I don't love how his fastball has performed like this year I think his fastball of like the the top pitching prospects his fastball performed as like one of the the lower ones but like Scrax was saying his his slider could be a 70 grade pitch his changeup I think is viewed as his is his most consistent pitch that could be like a 70 also Um, and he definitely has like a nice smooth delivery so the upside there is is pretty tremendous but I think the fastball might need to be kind of reworked completely, but who knows? That might have been kind of an elbow thing. Like maybe his elbow just was not helping out his, his ability to command his fastball. Um, those are things we won't really know until he's healthy again. So, But I, I like the, the upside there and getting a college guy who could be ready pretty quickly once he's healthy again.
0: Yeah, that's the fact that we got the Kumar Rocker later with – you Know with that high upside is definitely huge and Tommy John. It always takes a little bit to come back from, but it usually players come back from it, whether it's right. a year down the road or a few years down the road. And the fact that we get him at the right after it, we don't have to worry about it later, should be a good thing because so, um, it should be coming back around next May or sometime and start throwing, and we start seeing really Jaden Hill stuff. His his hype videos, hype. hype. Oh yeah, Very. <laughs> it's pretty sweet. Um, Ohio. Let's move on down to Joe Rockies. Rock, perfect nickname for this Colorado Rockies <laughs> team. I love it. Um, what can we expect from this left-hander?
2: I think I think he might be the highest floor pick that we have made um, because he's he's a, a lefty with good command. Uh, also, a, a big frame, so there's still like projection in his stuff. But he's already sitting mid nineties with his fastball. He's got a pretty nasty slider too. So, like, uh, with a lot of these pitching picks, like, unless you're going in the first round, a lot of these guys, like, their floors as a reliever. I think his floor is as like an eighth inning kind of shutdown guy. But if his changeup really comes along, like, this is this is going to be a really like highly regarded pitching prospect.
1: Yeah, I agree, and. I'm going to go back to comparisons because I forgot to do it for Jaden Hill, but I'll do it here for Joe rock. Right. And like, I'd say best case scenario, I'm not going to say it's like necessarily like him in 2018, but best case scenario, I have Kyle, I have rock kind of like Kyle Freeland actually, right. His slider is his big thing right now, but if his changeup comes along, that's just another huge part to his game as uh, Tyler said. So (laughs) maybe we have another dominant lefty in the rotation. I'm going to
0: like that. Yeah, the one that throws about five miles per hour faster too but we get the same kind yeah. of freeland stuff and mental like that'd be sweet the power lefty reliever in the eighth would be incredible like we all know about the rockies and the left handed relievers they're non-existent but if we can <laughs> develop something into something getting excited about coming into the eighth like that would be pretty sweet i I, i've been reading a lot about joe rock and i kind of talked myself into him and i guess ohio bobcats is a pitching (laughs) pitching, uh factory down there uh we got mccade brown big 12 indiana right-hand pitcher the fact his name is mccade is wild i I don't think i've ever started a first name that started with mick but won't hold it against him what do you guys got about him
1: uh well this guy's first for sure is uh more of a pure stuff type, right? He like forty grade control is not very inspiring from MOB pipeline, but still he's got not ni- he's got really nice pitches. It's not like we drafted some bad guy out of Indiana. We just we actually put some thought into this pick. If he can kind of rein in his control, and I know we had that kind of struggle with Castellani, right? But you know, Hopefully he can rein his in his control to make use of his good fastball, his good curveball, and maybe his other pitches come along too. But really, personally, I think he'll end up in the bullpen. But maybe he can work out as a starter. Who knows?
2: <laughs> I think yeah, this was an interesting one just because like in the third round you don't really expect like a ton of upside. But I think that like like Scracks was saying, if the control and command come around, like he's got really plus stuff and. Uh, Like, early in the season, his first two starts, which obviously wasn't, it was only 14 innings, but after his first two starts, like, teams were running to put him in, like, as a first-round prospect. Like, that's what he looked like. In his first 14 innings, he gave up just three hits, none for extra bases, one earned run, two walks, and he struck out 28 in 14 innings. So, he looked just absolutely disgusting at the start of the season, but things kind of came loose. Uh, but if he can make a couple of mechanical adjustments and just keep that, that walk rate down, this guy has like maybe the highest potential in this, this Rockies pitching class, like no knock on Jaden Hill, but McCade Brown is just filthy, but the floor is definitely low. So do we think that is something about fatigue or
0: is that just not being mentally strong? Like, how do you go from super hot to super cold like that so quickly?
2: from from what i've read it really came down to like mechanics and that he at the beginning of the season things were were tight and he had executed some adjustments but as as things went on he kind of slipped out of them a little bit and that might not be be spot on that's just from a few reports that i had seen um those are the kinds of things that are are, are not super inspiring to hear it may be is like can this guy make the necessary changes um, but it does show that if if he does really keep his delivery tight like there's there's amazing stuff there
0: and that's I think that's huge we got to remember these kids these kids these drafted picks are young in their career like they're still figuring it out and they're still trying to figure out what works best for them and constantly trying to keep up with how to do the great things constantly and that's that's hard it's very hard
2: and it's, it's crazy now. Cause I'm now, this is like the draft where like these college guys are my age and I'm like, I, I can't imagine like all the pressure that comes with being like a pitching prospect, like, especially the pitchers because there's so much like mental strain um, to do the same delivery, everything right. And, and so, yeah, these guys do deserve a lot of like slack. Like this is what they're doing is incredible. Um
0: yeah, I mean, pitching consistently is probably one of the harder things to do in baseball, probably right behind hitting pitching. But right. it's it's difficult, and you have to be on point at all times with four, three or four solid pitches. Like, that's hard the to do. It's on
1: their shoulders. It's just, like, insane pressure to have. If you make one mistake, then maybe you take your team out of the game. It's just, just to have that pressure. Oof.
0: Yeah, and there's a whole other element that you don't see in physical tools and whatnot. It's crazy. And usually player positions that help these pitchers are catchers, which leads us to our round four. You guys like that transition?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: Round four, the Rockies selected a catcher out of Memphis, Hunter Goodman. We got another Goodman in the Rockies, um, (laughs) but we got to talk about, won't see him for long. Maybe, hopefully we do. (laughs) Um,
2: What do you guys got here? Goodman well to build off of the the Drew Goodman reference like this is a you won't see it for long kind of guy like he he hits bombs um and he was one of the top college power hitters in this this year's draft so to get him in the fourth round is kind of sweet he had 21 home runs this year I think that was like fourth if I'm not mistaken in division one um so you gotta love that um and he, he he walked a lot this year too so there's there's a lot to work with there
1: yeah, I'd agree. Also, I believe he's one of the best hitters on Memphis this year. I'm going to quickly check that. Yeah, he was. But uh, I also see quick. this kind of, yeah, I kind of see this weird perception that like, oh, just because we drafted Hunter Goodman, we're going to give up on Drew Romo or something like that. I saw that a couple of times on Twitter and I'm like, no, not at all. Hunter Goodman is a really good, like contrasting guy to Drew Romo in a way, because Drew Romo has been hitting for really high averages and, Hunter Goodman isn't really that guy. He's more of a power over contact kind of guy. And his fielding needs to come along a bit. Like, he's not terrible, but he needs to clean it up a bit. But overall, just to have someone other than Drew Romo... Like, I love Drew Romo, but he can't be the only good catching prospect. To have Hunter Goodman gives us a little more floor, I'd say. And if I were to... I mean, I'm making this comparison right on the spot because I didn't quite get to make an exact call for Hunter Goodman, but hopefully it's not like his Rockies career, but Tom Murphy would be kind of like the comparison I give to Hunter Goodman.
2: Yeah, that's, that's pretty solid to come up with on the spot. Um, I will say I've, I've seen most scouts don't know if catcher like is, is his future home. And so that'll be kind of a storyline out of this draft class to see, assuming again, assuming all these guys sign and everything, but I think, I think the college guys will, but will Hunter Goodman play catcher? first base left field. Um, Nobody knows, but it is also worth noting that he stole a fair amount of bases in his college career. I kind of overlooked that at first, but I think he stole like, like 24 bags or something in college, which for a catcher that that's, that's not bad. Um, So we'll see what happens with his defensive home, but he's, he's a nice one to have.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The fact that he's athletic enough to go somewhere else is good. And you, you see it all the time with, catchers being drafted Bryce Bryce Harper uh, Kyle Schwarber they transit transition to a different position that best fits getting that bat into the lineup as opposed to the defensive stuff and so I mean it's a nice little addition to add to the Drew Romo and the Willie McIver uh, catching prospects we have in the system so I'm a little I'm interested with that guy all right, let's do some rapid fire with the rest of them. We're not going to sit here and go through all 21. Uh, what do you, who are two or three guys, you guys just go back and forth with it, that we should look out for in this Rockies organization as they're as they're growing, as they're coming up?
2: Evan Shaver from Cincinnati, the left-hander. I think this was kind of a steal in the seventh round. There'd been a lot of buzz with him throughout the, the draft process of round one, maybe even but definitely like rounds two and three, there was a lot of buzz and hype for him um, just because he's got a pretty advanced arsenal, like two plus pitches right now is fastball and slider. I think the changeup could also be maybe not plus, but also a really effective pitch. Um, and he's just dominating the Cape Cod league right now, which um, that's where a lot of, I wouldn't say his draft stock was built in there, but I mean, that, that definitely impacts draft stock. Oops, uh,
0: solid Pitcher coming out of the Cape Cod League that comes to mind is Logan Allen, who was oh, yeah. dominant in the Cape Cod League, and Shaver played with him a little bit, got to pick his ear a little bit. So Cape Cod is no slouch. So that would be going 12 innings with zero earned runs, 22 Ks, like nasty. <laughs> it's nasty. <laughs> I'm, I'm jumping up on the shaver trade.
1: Uh, for me, yeah, for me, like I love shaver first of all but for me the interesting pick is Robbie Martin right well like earlier in the draft process he was pretty much the like the one guy in florida that could kind of match up to Jud Fabian and although i know Jud Fabian went down in rankings a bit Robbie Martin's still a pretty damn like a pretty good prospect in terms of putting the ball in play getting on base that kind of stuff right he took a step backwards in terms of you know on base overall right going from a 324 batting average 439 on base the previous year to 260 to 260 batting average 350 on base is kind of a bit of a drop off but still overall i think Robbie Martin is kind of a advanced hitter i would say i would quite say he's like top of the class or anything like that but i think for his pos- for his position at the 8th round i believe yeah 8th round pick he could be a nice High floor kind of guy to have in the system, and overall, his other concerns, I guess, would be just like he's kind of a average guy at best, otherwise, but eighth rounder. If he's he's if he doesn't work out, whatever.
0: But I do think he will, (laughs) all right. You think you see all those tools coming into play and getting figured out. So, kind of like what we said about McCade starting out hot and then kind of slowly fading away. We kind of saw that, we see that with Robbie Martin, right? So yeah, the tools are there, but how do we hone in on that? And how did we develop that? Right. Um, give me another high.
2: The guy for me that really could take this draft class at the next level. And it's, it's funny, like if you didn't really look below the surface right away, like 18th round pick, like how is he going to do much? But Bryce McGowan out of UNC Charlotte, this is someone that had a lot of day two buzz. Um, and I think that, the fact that he wasn't selected kind of early on day two scared teams away for like those middle rounds, like rounds five through 18, that these teams were like, we're not really going to be able to sign this guy because he wants like a, a late second, early third round bonus. And the Rockies took a shot on him, which I think is, is the Benny Montgomery pick potentially paying dividends. Like like I mentioned earlier, earlier on, like with Kumar Rocker, that the Rockies probably didn't take him because he was pricing himself out of what they wanted to do with that pick. Whereas Benny Montgomery, likely a below slot guy. So you save some money where you can go in round 18 and, and pick a guy like Bryce McGowan, who otherwise, yeah, was hoping to go in the third or fourth round. Um, he's just a really quality prospect, kind of like McCade Brown. I think those two are really similar. Command is, is, is kind of raw, but there's the potential for four plus pitches right there. Um, and, and if it comes together, like in really any way, like he's an impact prospect. So to get him in round 18, I think it's it's one of the bigger storylines, and it'll be worth watching how the Rockies manipulate their their bonus pool um, if they can sign him. He he's the one guy in this class that might not sign, like the the real risk. So we'll see how that plays out.
0: Okay, I can get on board with that. The i you i keep forgetting like we still have to sign up right like you still have right. to give these guys their money and making sure they're happy with it and going on from there and so if you're expected to go day two but you drop into the middle of day three you might be feeling a little salty but if the numbers add up why not so cool bryce mcgowan let's go we got cracks
1: uh well, I' just actually not gonna really talk about a specific prospect. Like I could call it, talk about Cullen Kafka, right. He's not a bad prospect at all. He's just yet another one with kind of rock man. But I'm just also just gonna quickly talk about like how many pitchers we've drafted, right? Pretty much, I'm pretty sure they're yeah, all college pitchers, and considering mm-hmm. our situation in the bullpen where we've been able to develop a great rotation, but our bullpen has been kind of weak, I'm just gonna quickly say, I'm glad we're drafting all these pitchers, right? Even if they're not all gonna work out as starters, we just need s- some high, poten- say high potential. High potential, or maybe even the opposite high floor guys that we can rely on in the bullpen rather than going to a, you know, a Yetzi Almonte and hope he breaks out back to 2020. So
0: <laughs> how much so looking at these pitchers, what would be success? from all this? Like if we see two or three of these guys making the big leagues in the next three years, is that a success? Is it, if we get one, is that the good thing? How would you guys rate well, that? I hope we
1: get one. That's for sure. What is that? <laughs> it, it only takes one for me to say that this is like at least an okay draft. Right. But if we could get two or three, maybe four, right. It doesn't really matter if they just make the bull, if they make the bullpen, if they make the rotation, it doesn't matter to be, we just need more, better major league talent from the pitching other than the rotation. So that's all it takes for me.
2: Yeah. And I think building off of that, what I really like about, yeah, all these pitchers is that a lot of them, if they go, like a lot of them were college starters, but if they go the bullpen route, these are guys who should be ready in like two, two and a half years. Um, so the, the chance of them getting to the big leagues, assuming they don't just like bust like right away in, in pro ball like, these are guys who are very likely to get to the big leagues. Um, like, how well they do is another story. But, I mean, we didn't talk about Evan Justice, the fifth-round pick. Like, he's a reliever-only guy, and his floor, I think, is probably the highest in terms of getting to the bullpen. So, I would I would hope, like like Scratch was saying, for three or four. But, I mean, I, I, I really like all the guys they got. I think that there's a chance for, like, six pitchers even. That's definitely selling it high, but I think there's a chance for, like, six of these pitchers to get to the bigs. Yeah, so what how would you I would be
0: completely okay with six of these guys <laughs> showing up? Yeah. I please. I I really liked as the draft was going that we did not select one prep arm. Like you <laughs> know our history with that, it hasn't played out very well. We can't develop that. So if we can change a little bit of the established arms for the better, I think that's the best route that the Rockies have. Um so don't be like Joseph Zucker of Bleacher report who wrote a whole draft grade for all of the major league baseball teams, but he literally forgot to put the Colorado Rockies draft grade on there. So do his job for him. How would you rate draft grade? Grade's the word I'm looking for, grade this draft of the Colorado Rockies in 2021.
1: Uh it's a pre like pre, like on oh, day one, I was like, oh, this is a C minus kind of thing, right? I was gonna go. <laughs> oh like there's some potential there but we I mean, really could have got kumar and khalil right but after everything Jaden hill drew i like drew goodman right all the all the college pitching to really give us a better floor for the future i'm gonna still grade this at about like an he a minor b, or b plus that yeah, drew goodman wow hunter goodman i think <laughs> Hunter. <100. laughs> yeah yeah, but A <laughs> minus B plus, right? I like the ste- I, there, like there's a perfect mix of ceiling, right? With Jaden Hill, Benny Montgomery, but a lot of good floor, like Robbie Martin and Joe Rock, right? I just like the contrast here. And although we could have done a little better, like if we had Khalil Watson and Jaden Hill go number one and two, I actually probably would have liked that a little more, but I'm not mad at all at this draft. This is pretty good.
2: Yeah, I'm probably sitting in the same boat. I think. B plus right now. And like I was saying with Bryce McGowan, if he signs, which is probably a little better than 50, 50 odds that they make that happen, but B plus now I'd say an A minus if they get McGowan, just because that's like adding another like fourth or fifth round pick um, to the class. So they did, they did pretty damn good.
0: (laughs) That's good to say. It's good to be excited about, it makes me nervous for other things, but we don't need to get into that now. Um, So do, do you think all these? so, real quick, we'll end it with this. I'm going to say the name. Do they sign, yes or no? Okay. Benny Montgomery. I think, yeah. 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 There's no way an 18-year-old turns down that money. Jaden Hill.
2: Yeah, I'd say so. I think so. There's, there is like, some risk, I think, with him. But I'd, I'd say, like, 90%, if not, like, higher, he signs.
0: I think the fact that he's coming off Tommy John and not wanting to mess with that future would probably lead to signing. Uh Joe Rock.
1: Probably. I'd say that's higher than Jaden Hill.
2: Yeah, I th- I think so. He's he's probably a, a pretty sure fire one. McCade Brown, third round pick. This is one I think has like a little bit of risk just because he he did struggle and had that early, early season, like first, second round stock. So Unlikely, but there's like there is a looming possibility he wants to go back to school and, and try to really work some things out, prove himself. Yeah, same thing.
0: All right, um, Hunter Goodman.
2: I think that's so. a surefire one.
0: All right, uh, let's do quick Evan
2: Justice. Yeah,
0: Evan Shaver.
2: I, I think there there's some risk with him. I wouldn't I, again like um like McCade Brown. It's kind of minimal, but he's another guy that had hopes to maybe go a little higher. Um, so maybe he wants to really capitalize on that next year. But you never like to be the old guy in the class. So that's true.
0: That's true. Um, and then what about Kafka from Oregon or Kakaska from Kansas State? Two outfielders or I think, one outfielder.
2: I think Kakaaska is actually like a senior. So he might not even have the choice. But Kafka, I, I think, is, is like a, a surefire one, too. Yeah.
0: So we're going to sign most of these players. Just a few question marks are McCade. No, McGowan yep. and a little bit of McCade. All right, cool.
2: Yeah, I think, I think 20 signees far. is the floor here. Um, maybe at most, I think one guy doesn't sign. Ooh, something to follow. We'll, we'll keep you updated on
0: the Blake Street Banter Twitter if you want to find us there on all the other things. Find the Leak Tree for more articles, more pods. We have some big interviews coming up real soon. Prospect line. We might have to dra- change our name to like Rockies Prospect Banter or something because <laughs> we are talking to some top 30 Rockies prospects and we're giving you all that information soon and hopefully some of these drafties. So find us. You just click that little link right there. You'll see it and uh, share the word. Tyler Scraxy, thank you. Thank Go you the- rocks. Woo! Thank you for tuning in. Find more content at blakestreetbanter.com.